We Got the Geek is recorded before a live studio audience. All right, what can I say? The greatest thrill of my life is standing behind that microphone with you guys behind me. Let's do it. All right, everyone, it's uh, Jay Stu here. Uh, very excited to, uh, to be once again doing a, a Tales from the Shed at Home edition uh, with my good buddy Colin. How's it going, sir? It's going well. How are you this evening, Jay? I'm not too bad. I'm, I'm glad you're here, and, and let me tell you why. Okay. So, not only, this is your 15th appearance on We Got the Geek. 15? Yeah. Come on. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, that's you know, that's counting Christmas episodes and, and yeah. uh, concert reviews and... Supplementals and... Yeah. <laughs> and not only that, this is yeah. our 775th segment that we've done since 2013. Wow. Yeah. So it's cool that you could be here for this, because I kind of feel that's an, an important occasion. Okay. Can you remind me again what that was? Say it again. Oh, our, our 775th segment. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that is great. Yeah, a lot of them are interviews and crap like that. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I, I like it. No, it's good, and you're good at it. It's kind of impressive this year, considering uh, most of the stuff we've done this year has been over-the-phone stuff like this. Right. What, what else are you gonna do? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we did a, we did a show in February, and then everything hit the fan. Yeah. Yeah. True enough. I don't know how it'll turn out, but I hope these segments go on forever. <laughs> yes. And I, and I I missed you tearing down the shed. Correct. Tearing down the shed. Yeah. No, no, I still have it. So you know what. We might just have a couple more sessions. Oh, right on. I was going to ask you over tonight to have a campfire, actually. Oh, cool. Yeah, it would have been, but would have caused a lot more work than I'm ready for when I got to work the next day, so. Oh, yeah, no, that's cool. Whenever, <laughs> whenever, you, don't, it, whenever you don't have to work the next day. This is true. Well, let's go, Jay. What do you want to talk about straight off? Well... Uh, this is kind of cool. Uh, we're going to talk about the new Bruce Springsteen album, and uh, I'll explain to the folks why that's cool for you and me to talk about. Um, because, quite frankly, he was one of the first things we ever bought it over back in 84. Yes, I sure. still remember the day, like swapping cassettes on lunchtime. You you gave me Born in the USA, I gave you Hard to Hold. So Yeah, that was a fair trade. <laughs> well, you got, you got to hear I Go Swimming by Peter Gabriel. <laughs> SMF. Yes. My favorite song. Yes. Uh, up to that point, I only knew three Bruce Springsteen songs from like driving in the car with my family. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, uh, uh, it was cool. So we bonded immediately over that. And then I remember, I don't know, maybe a month later, I was at the Fairview Mall with my family, and uh-huh. you had you had driven your bike down there to the old smoke shop to buy a Bruce Springsteen poster magazine. And that's how you met my mom and everybody. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. A lot of history there. And then, as a matter of fact, I think I messaged you this week. And and no, I didn't have this memorized. Uh, 28 years ago this week was the first time you and I had seen Bruce together at the Sky Dome with uh, uh, the other band that wasn't the E Street Band. That's right. That's right. Yeah. The getting up the nerve guy. That's right. <laughs> yeah, with with your mom. Your mom was yeah. there. Yeah, that was 
Yeah, so a lot of a lot of Bruce history over the years, over the last thirty six years. I'd say I was just looking at the greetings on vinyl. Oh wow. Yeah, I'm sitting here looking at the album now. I was thinking uh, when I was doing these albums, I was like, "Cause the lyrics are on the back of this album," and I was like, "I don't know." I remember when I bought it. Oh, that's cool. But would have been eighty four, eighty five. Yeah. No, no, no. It would have been eighty five because I, I do remember. This is a story I remember. All right. I bought Born in the USA because I don't know if you remember back in the day, but the only income I had since I was at home was cutting Mr. Chang's lawn. <laughs> yeah. For five bucks, and that's when I I wanted to collect forty comics and bought two from Len. You remember that story? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Anyway, so that Christmas. I was looking for anything other than Born in the USA because I was like, you know, I wanted to get more of his albums. And I remember that year that uh, I managed to get from Mr. Chang's lawn, I managed to get Born to Run. Okay. As my second album. And I remember that Christmas, your parents bought you like every album he had right up to Born in the USA. Well, yeah, it was. I remember that it was everything but river, but the river and wild and the innocent. It was everything else. Yeah, they got that, and you got the stereo. Yeah. Yeah, because I was like, ah, you got all the albums, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, so anyway, that that came into my picking of my favorite albums. It's funny how that happens, but yeah, yeah, good times. Looking at the back of the Greetings album, and Wild and the Innocent, the E Street Shuffle was the only album not. Released with a lyric sheet. I did not know that. Yeah, it's true. That's cool. Yeah, I remember reading that in the eighties. By the way, Sarah just Sarah just heard you say that, and she kind of mocked being in shock. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, what a what a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> there was a shit, right? Yeah, that was a headline. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez, I I do remember. Um, I do remember the one when Tunnel of Love came out. I remember you and I both went and bought the cassette on the same day and went back to your house to listen to it. Yeah, you know what that whole comment from Sarah there? Yeah. That just reminded me of uh, that part from Wayne's World. I don't know if you remember when they met uh, Alice Cooper. Right. And the one guy just goes, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but I love Wisconsin because it is the place that didn't have, wasn't the first place to have two socialist mayors. I don't know if you remember that. I do remember that. Uh, the, like fun, going, the funny thing is, I think, I think the guy that's, that, that was in that scene with Alice Cooper is now a member of Huey Lewis in the News. It's it's funny you mention that, Ted, because <laughs> part of the reason. <laughs> anyway. Oh, geez, that's awesome. But why don't do you want to get on to the five favorite albums, or do you want to talk about the the new album? Yeah, let's do that. Well, let's do that because I just it popped into my head last night to do it, and then we'll talk about the new album. Okay. So my list, I think you're gonna think my list is a little weird. Well, no, no weirder than mine. All right, so, yeah, top five Bruce albums. What are your top five Bruce go-to albums? All right. This is my list. Magic. Okay. Tunnel of Love. Born to Run. Okay. Letter to You. 
Okay. And born in the USA. Oh, cool. Yeah. I have a totally different list from you, for sure. I'm sure you I think do. we have one in common. And yours. <laughs> All right. Uh, Wrecking Ball. Uh, Lucky Town. Uh, the River. The Rising. And Born to Run. But magic, I really like a lot too, actually. There's lots of choices. Don't beat yourself up. <laughs> uh, really, okay, the only one—the only one I don't like that much is the one he put out about five years ago, High Hopes. Yeah, that that kind of sucked. Yeah, but it was like mostly covered and unreleased. Re- working on a dream didn't really blow my skirt up either. Yeah, I like a couple songs in that one. Yeah. And Human Touch hasn't aged well. <laughs> That's a very, very charitable way of saying it. Yes, you're right. <laughs> charitable. <laughs> well, do we want to discuss our choices? Yeah, if you want. I didn't really. These are just the ones I like listening to the most. No, those are the ones. Well, we all have our things, right? Like, yeah. I like. Um, I would have chose Wrecking Ball, like you said, five. You didn't say. 25, right? Right. Yeah, well, like lots of choices, too. But, I know. Um, quickly, if we're going through it, Magic had a lot of um, inspiration to it, where I thought he was starting to get back into a groove again. Oh, yeah. A lot of good songs, Growth in My Summer Clothes, My Own Worst Enemy, love that track. Yeah. And that was a great album. Oh, yeah, I love it. Um, Tunnel of Love, I chose my second one because he was kind of like, just like a musician whore. <laughs> okay. And then he married um, the wrong person for the first time, and this was his reflective, um, I'm going to look back on relationships album. Yeah. Like, if you look back, like, I was listening to readings and everything, and some of that stuff, very acoustic and very personal. Um, so you get a little bit, I don't know, his feeling kind of comes out in the album. Tunnel of Love's very reflective, and I like that. Yeah. Um, and again, these are not in order. Born to Run, I picked that because with Greetings, I really, really loved, <laughs> I really, really loved, um, actually, and I didn't even pick it, but Wild and the Innocent needs to be shuffled. Yeah. And for some reason, I'll always remember New York City Serenade on the same day that your mom and Mimi took us to see Witness. Okay. I don't know why, but whenever I listen to that song, I remember that day. I can't, I don't remember the connection. It was the, you want to pet Roy Britton day, remember? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. I don't remember the connection, but I really loved Walden the Innocent, and that always reminded me of that. So anyway, that wasn't my album, but Born to Run, um, he started to get a little less reflective and a little bit more, I don't know. He involved the band more, I think, on that album. Yeah. Because it was mostly him on Greetings. Like, you get in Spirit of the Night, and there was some nice instrumentation. But for the most part, it's Bruce is the guitar player. Yeah. And then you get into Wild and the Innocent, and there was a little bit of funk in that. Mm-hmm. So I like that album. Then you get into Born to Run, and it was more of a, I'm going to create some very poetic, beautifully instrumentic, instrumental um, songs and uh, and uh, showcase the band. 
Because, I mean, you listen to Jungle Land or something like that. And, like, it's almost like every band, every band member takes their turn, you know? Oh, here's, yeah. a little bit of, here's a little bit of piano, then we got a little bit of drum, and all of a sudden, okay, Clarence is going to lay on the sax and bring the mood right down. You're going to get a little Roy Batan, and then all of a sudden, it's going to be Bruce Locals. Like, yeah. I like the way they, they do that. So, Born to Run was epic at showing that. Well, dude, to this day, Jungle Land is my favorite song by Head. No, it's 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 a good song. Yeah. And I'm going to reverse the order just because um, chronological reasons. Yeah. Uh, born in the USA because it was my initial introduction to Bruce. Yeah. And he's a camera whore and a media whore, so he was showcased very well for that time too oh yeah he became just like an icon and, seven and singles you can't you can't deny the impact of that album and they are good songs they've beaten us to death in a lot of ways but yeah they're good songs right that was that's where it started for me yeah that being said letter to you letter to you yeah um so Here's my initial review. What a great fucking album this is. Um, At times, I can't believe he's 71 when I listen to this album. Just because it it rocks so much. Well, I understand where you're coming from, but as close as we are and as parallel we are musically, we're very diverse, right, at what we listen to. I listen to Neil Young and I listen to Willie Nelson, and I listen to guys that are in, like, when I went to Nebraska and saw Willie Nelson and Chris, like, those guys, they're octogenarian. That's who I went to see. Yeah. They were still doing good, and they're still rocking. I think what it is, is, I don't, he's, first of all, he's in great shape. I think the only thing that's really going to affect his longevity is, uh, is creativity. Like, he's going to, I think he'll live it out. But I found a lot of sterile albums in his older albums. Like, they were just, he's a very deep guy. And Willie Nelson once said that if you, like, he said all of his songs aren't great, but he writes them and they got to come out. It's kind of like gas. Yeah. Like, you know, it might not be good, but he's got to get rid of it. And you notice some stuff from that. Yeah. People that are that are putting the stuff out, and you can see what's kind of a little bit sterile and not up to their potential. Oh, yeah. And then you can see other stuff where there's a fire behind it. And Letter to You, there's a fire behind it. Like, this is reviving him um, as a musician. The other albums, like I said, didn't really, you know, they were good and kind of boring and everything, but mm. I feel like, I feel like, I don't know. He's he's having the kind of renaissance that, like, say, Johnny Cash had, like, in the nineties. Oh right, yeah. Where he's bringing it back, and it's it's funny. He's seventy one. Johnny Cash died when he was seventy one. Oh shit! I didn't know that. And he didn't come back until oh, Rick Rubin was doing uh, Tom Petty and uh, a bunch of other guys. He did uh, as soon as he got on with uh, Johnny Cash. That's that's when it all happened. Yeah. And that took him right till he was dying. But he died in 71. And now Bruce, I don't know. It's funny, right? June Carter died in 71. Uh-huh. My mom died in 71. And um, I 
bring him back, great. Because I think he's been he's got a lot of emotional issues too, which I, um, which I can relate to. Right. The emotional part, and uh, I don't know. I think he's at a point where I don't, I don't want to say this to sound bad, but um, when Freddie Mercury was alive, mm-hmm. when he was dying of AIDS, he he um, started doing a whole bunch of different stuff, very creative stuff. Um, when he did the uh, Barcelona album with Montserrat Caballé. Yeah. Okay. And somebody commented, said, when you're about to die, you, you hit a creative uh, burst where you're just, like, overwhelmed with your inspiration, your talent, and all this stuff, where it might have sat stagnant before. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying Bruce is going to die. I'm just saying that... Uh, I think he's kind of hit that point where um, he's inspired again. Yeah, no, you have a point about the dying thing, because uh, I, I just remembered how great Warren Zevon's last album was. Oh, yeah, that's terrific. But no, I hear where you're coming from, and then I know uh, a lot of these songs were inspired by like people who passed away in his life as well. Uh, I guess... Uh, he was reflecting on the fact that he's the last surviving member of his old band, the, the Castiles. Oh, okay. I think, well, I've watched, I've watched the video, and I understand yeah. that, but... Okay. And I think he's mentioned that he was thinking a lot about Danny and Clarence when he wrote some of this stuff, too. Yeah. I found it very touching, actually, because, I mean, he grew up with these people, too, right? Yeah. I'm going to send you a link to the documentary, man, because just the way he talks about these guys, like, you can tell they're his buddies and he loves them and everything. Well, I want to watch it with, uh, I don't know if Linda's thrilled with it, but I told her I want to watch it with her. And, um, no, I want to see it, because, uh, I, I don't know, I love the new album, like I do. Um, no, it's I'm really good. In front of me here, but... And, uh... But, uh I've listened to it, like, every day since it's come out, and my favorite song changes every day. Me too. Like, today I just loved listening to uh, Janie Needs a Shooter. Janie Needs a Shooter is great. Oh, yeah. And, and I think um, one of my favorite songs, just because his voice tells his emotion and his house of a thousand guitars. Yeah, you know what? I didn't like that on my first listen, but I love that song now. Jake Clemens plays Wicked sax. Yeah. I really like it. It's it's different than Clarence. Yeah. But there's there's passion, there's feeling there. Yeah, I, I guess I didn't realize it, but um, he's been with Bruce since 2012. This is the first time he's recorded with him. Yeah, well, I read in the book, which I still got to get back to you, and I'm going to actually get you a new copy. <laughs> it's all right, man. How they turn out, but... Um, I guess he showed up and didn't know that many songs and everything. But, you know, and, you know, Bruce wrote them. But he's he's got a, you can tell if somebody's got it in them, right? Oh, yeah. Like, even when I was listening to some of the old Huey Lewis albums, right, I just wish Chris Hayes was still with the band. Yeah. Like, and that's, I know now I'm totally flipping back to Bruce, but that sax is almost necessary. Yeah. Like, if you listen to the band, it is. It's, um, it's an orchestra not playing in orchestration. It's, it's like if you got the 
like on a larger scale. The Boston Philharmonic just slowed down and everybody do a solo. That's how some of the albums are set up, you know, that everybody has to showcase themselves. Yeah. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I've noticed a lot of unnecessary sax solos in Bruce song. Yeah. Like, oh, this is a nice, pleasant going song. Oh, yes, let's put a solo here. <laughs> Fuck you, Bob Clearmountain. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it just went off wrong, but it flows on this album. Yeah. It really does. Definitely, we've talked about it over the phone and stuff, but the song goes, man. I said last year that uh, uh, Hello Sunshine was one of the best songs he's ever written, and I want to add Ghost to that list now. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. No, they're all good. Um, what do you think of his um, recent re- re- uh, recording of If I Was the Breeze? I was going to ask you about that, because I know you're a big greetings guy, and three of the songs on here were stuff he wrote in 73, but just recorded now. Yeah. Um, they're good. Like, you can tell that you wrote them back then just by the lyrics. Yeah, you can. In that greetings he was, period. He was dubbed, well, he was dubbed the new Dylan, right? Yeah. So you can't, you know, like, at that time, he was just wearing shit on and hoping, like, like, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the back of my greetings album, and I'm just going to read, like, one of his verses. He said, take a red at the light, keep going straight till night, and then, boy, you're on your own. And now in Zanzibar, a shooting star was riding in a siding car, humming a lunar tune. Yes, and the aviator said, blow the bar and before the punk cookie jar, we're going to teach those boys to laugh this soon. Like, he was wearing it on. Like, it wasn't musical as much as it was poetic. Yeah. And, um... That's pretty intense. That's like Dylan. I, I know you're not a big Dylan fan, but holy shit, I, I go through Dylan and he blows my mind. And, um, no, but I don't know. This is Rainmaker I Love. Oh, yeah, that was the first one I loved when I heard it. You know what? Why don't we take a quick break? And uh, I'll throw in one of our whole two commercials. And uh, when I come back uh, with you, we'll talk more about uh, Letter to You. And now, a word from our sponsors. Sketchbook Comics and Games is a store that has something awesome for everyone. In addition to selling comics, board games, and action figures, there are tables for open gaming. Wednesday nights, Sketchbook features game night starting at 6 p.m. Friday through Sunday, Sketchbook is the place to be for Magic the Gathering. The store is located at 224 Glenridge Avenue, Unit 9 in St. Catharines. Come on down for all your geek and comic book needs. Age brings perspective. All my happiness and all my pain. And after all these years, the dark evening stars and the morning sky of blue. My friends, wherever you are. And I send it in my letter to you. You're the reason we're here. Okay, we're back. Um, back here talking to Colin about all things Bruce Springsteen, including the new album Letter to You, um, which we both love. Um, yes. Just, uh, just a fantastic let listen to uh, front to front to end. If I had one minor stupid complaint about this album, I think he, uh, I think One Minute You're Here is a bad song, a bad album opener. Well, yeah, I agree. It's a great song, though. Don't get me wrong. But that's like track 10, as opposed to track 1, right? Yeah. I agree. 
But uh, but other than that, this is the first first uh, album in a while where I've liked every single song of his on the album. No, it's uh, it's very well done. I think he's very inspired by many things, actually. Yeah. But uh, like I almost looked at um, Western Stars as uh, as a sign that there was some life still on them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I know that sounds kind of bad, but. I uh, started to see that his creativity started to take a new turn rather than just reside on his laurels and yeah. release kind of boring stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. But, I, yeah, the whole album, I love it. I considered getting it on vinyl, but... Oh, wow. Vinyl's so expensive now, by the way. I just was in the record store a few weeks ago, and they wanted 30 bucks for some John Mellencamp album that came out later in his career. Like oh, I know. 30 bucks. Well, you know what? I went to the record store. You know how I sent you those pictures, right, that we were talking about? Yeah. And the record store that I went to, and I won't say, just in case it's a widespread audience, I don't want to slander anybody, but I found the Bruce, the, the Ray Springfield autographed album, right? And the, yeah. And I'm like, okay. Still didn't really blow my skirt up here, right? right. And I'm like, whatever. But I'm looking up some of the albums that I wanted to have on vinyl, and uh, guys like original pressing twenty dollars, and I'm like, okay, yeah, but if a guy signed his name on the fucking album, <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's worth twenty dollars. Like, I think this guy just you know looks at the names and goes, oh, it's worth money. I'm gonna put a tag on it because <laughs> I went to the front and I'm looking and I like everything. Okay, I was actually looking at. Um, old Billy Holiday albums. Yeah. And when I went to the front, I couldn't find any, but there was an album cover off this box set she had, and I was just, uh, I said, are there records for this? Because it was a box, right? Yeah. Goes, it's just the cover. And I go, okay. I go, are you using it for anything? And he goes, uh, I might want to hold on to that one. I'm like, <laughs> okay. Um, it's a box set. It's on 33 and a third RPM. And um, the recordings of songs that were from DECA in the 1930s. So they're not originals. It was a picture. But you know, anyway, whatever. He just wanted to. He didn't know his shit. So. He just wanted to be a dick. He did. But <laughs> that's okay. I found a whole bunch of different albums and stuff that were they're just overpriced. Yeah. And then I realized what I had downstairs. I'm looking down there, and I'm like, holy crap. So, Dude, I saw your pictures on uh, Instagram a couple weeks ago. I was like, wow, a lot of those I have, except for the Rick oh, Rose ones. 40, the 45s and stuff? Yeah. 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 Power Love single on 45, man. And I, I think you and I are the only people in the world that bought City of Crime by Tom Hanks and uh, Dan Aykroyd. Yes, and I think there's another one we might fall subject to besides the Dick Tracy soundtrack, and that's the 33 and a, it's the full-sized album extension of Everything Your Heart Desires by Hall & Oates. Oh, yeah. Found that downstairs. Yeah. Well, I'm yeah, like, wow. I, blame, I blame alcohol on the Dick Tracy soundtrack. Yeah, I don't know what I can blame on the Hall & Oates one, but it was right <laughs> along my Celebrate Youth uh, um, probably, the, I'm not gay, but where Rick Springfield looks the most handsome on that album cover. Oh, yeah. That and uh, Living in Oz. 
Yeah, when I was a kid, I thought that was a cool album cover, Living in Oz. So did I. Well, you know, back in the day, but now he's, I think he's going to turn into Michael Jackson. Yeah. Hey, he's probably, he's been bored, he can't tour, so he's probably had more plastic surgery, he's probably going to look more like a melted wax statue. Like Kenny Rogers in the later years. Robot Kenny Rogers, yes. <laughs> Good uh. sign. Um, anyway, back to it. Speaking of Bruce, uh, I guess he announced recently that he's going to be working on a Tracks 2. Oh, yeah? Which, uh, that's pretty cool, because I really loved the first Tracks album. Me too. And I can't believe that he still has that much unreleased stuff, because he's been releasing unreleased crap over the last couple decades now. Yeah, but he's constantly writing, right? Yeah. I'd just be curious to see what he's got left. Well... Probably some of his better stuff. Well, apparently, um, there's a myth that he did an electric version of Nebraska back in the day. Like the whole album. I wonder how that will go. Well, I guess they recorded it, and that's when he decided just to put it out the way he originally recorded it. Okay. Huh. That might be interesting to listen to. Burning Train, I like. Jane needs a shooter's great tune. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, song for Orphans d- definitely sounds like a Dylan song. Yeah, yeah, that one does. Yeah. Power and Prayer, I really like. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, just it, like I said, it's the first time in a while, maybe since Magic, that I've liked every single song on a Bruce album. Yeah, I know it's rare. There's always those ones where you go, oh, that doesn't need to be there. <laughs> what do you think of? Uh, what do you think of uh, Charlie Giordano, um, well, kind of replacing Danny Federici? He's, I like him. Like He's he's decent. He's been there since, uh, I guess, when they did that Seeger session thing. That's where he came from. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, no, he's good. I like Jake Clemens, so, I mean, as far as the band goes, it's uh, pretty much sewn up for you. And another thing I like is the background vocals are really toned down on this album, too, because we always make fun of it. Well, kind of have to. Like, I mean, you don't need to. They're called background vocals for a reason. Yeah, oh, yeah. They're in the fucking background. I will say this, though. Uh, At the end of the song, Ghost, where they all start doing the na-na-na-na, that makes me smile every time, by the way. Yeah. That's cool. And then there's a little piano part at the end that just really reminds me of, like, 70s Springsteen. Um, what part is it? Oh, crap, that I just love. Um, I think it's Roy's playing at the end of uh, Room of Thousand Guitars. Okay. And it's it's a beautiful piano part, too. Yeah, definitely. Like, uh, no, it, it's, it's just, it's well done. Way to go, Bob Clear Mountain. <laughs> Chuck Plotkin and the rest of you. John Landau. John Landau. <laughs> for the big tour. <laughs> I'm reading the lyrics here. I uh, probably forgot, but we all forgot. <laughs> we are on our guitars and technical <laughs> services. We got Kevin Buell. <laughs> And our music contractor, Sherry Sutcliffe. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Oh, God. 
Oh, jeez. Well, this has been fun. Yes. Um, what else have you been listening to lately besides Letter to You? Like, what what sort of playlist have you been making for the bus? Oh, my goodness. Um, well, it's awkward because I'm talking to you on the phone, so I don't think I can look it up on my phone while I'm still talking to you. But I've got, like, a mix of, honestly, everything. But I've been listening to a lot of the stuff that we we've listened to. Yeah, chance to hear the, had a chance to hear the new Crowded House song? Yes, it's on my playlist. And yeah. you know what? It reminds me of uh, Split Ends. A little bit. It reminded me of early Elvis Costello, too. Yeah, like, I, I don't know. I got a feeling like it would have been like, I don't know. It didn't sound like them at first when I first listened to it. Me neither. But of course, it's just kids. So, I mean, what yeah. are you going to do, right? Yeah. Well, at least Nick Seymour's still there. Nick Seymour, but yeah, and Liam, and um, who else? Uh, who are the two kids? Uh, Liam and Liam. Elroy. Elroy. Why yeah. do I know that? <laughs> I don't know. Same reason I do. Facts <laughs> 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 uh, that no one else cares about. <laughs> Dude, it's all useless knowledge up here in my head, that's for sure. Me too. If only Mitchell Froome had joined the room. Oh, yeah. Mitchell Froome. Well, I was just listening to my uh, Temple Low Man album. I listened to it all the way through the other day. Oh, uh, it's, uh, it's one of my favorite what? albums of all time. Their best album, man. Yeah. I was going to pick up the first one at the record store when I was there this week, but mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. Not there yet. But I, I love... Um, uh, now we're getting somewhere. It's probably my favorite song off that first album. Oh, that's a great song, man. I just love the first line, eh? Oh, yeah. Do you remember the first line? Never used to be that bad, but neither was it great. Yeah. Oh, that's great. <laughs> You're the only other one that would know that. Again, useless knowledge right up here, yeah. my friend. I know. I hear you. All the song lyrics, jokes, everything. I recall it all. Oh, yeah. I, I, I can't remember certain birth dates, but, uh, hey, here's the lyrics to uh, I Feel Possessed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got a song I want you to listen to if you're in an emotional kind of soft mood, but John Prine's last song that he wrote right? was called I Remember Everything. I'm going to write that down, and then next time we talk, I'm going to let you know what I think about it. Please do, because every time you suggest a song, I write it down and I listen to it. Oh, me too, man. Whenever you say something, like I, I listen to uh, whatever Jeff Lynn's first band was. I can't remember the name of it now. I'm sorry. Idol Race? Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. No, I'll listen to it. No, yeah, it's a, it's a song, and it's kind of fitting because, you know, it's the last one he wrote. Yeah. So, yeah, let me know what you think of that. Oh, for sure I will, sir. I found some song lyrics here that I wrote back in 1985 when I was going through all my binders of Bruce stuff. Oh, wow. wow. That's yeah. cool you still have that. No, I'm surprised. I found one sheet of it. And, uh, so I say, I don't know why it was in my Bruce book. but That's cool. Yeah. I love going through these old albums. 
man. You know what? When I went to the record store this week, yeah, it wasn't so much that I was wanting to buy a record. It was going in there and smelling the albums. Oh, yeah. And flipping through them and seeing original pressings. It's it's a cool thing. I don't know. I just remember it's like how I grew up, man. Oh, no. It's, it's like, like... I went downstairs and pulled some of my albums out, and I'm like, ah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, I hear you. I had my Billy Joel album collection down there that I went through, too, but I didn't. Oh, which one? Uh, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't Nylon Curtain. Uh, uh, which was the nice album with him with the bell bottom sitting on the chair of the bell Oh, uh, Street Life Serenade? <laughs> I didn't flip the album around. I just went, those are some nice pants, Billy. Oh, my God. Yeah, and hair, too. By the way, Liberty DeVito's book was real good. Really? Where did you get that? I had to order it through Amazon. Really? Yeah. But he, he goes into the making of all the albums he was on with them, and he breaks down all the songs he played on. It's, it's wow. really cool. I'm, I'm going to read that. They're, uh, they're friends again. Amazon? Yeah, they made they made up after all these years. They're friends again. Okay. Um, how much did it cost to get Amazon? Uh, 25 I think. Okay. Yeah, I'll order it. That's yeah, it's a good freedom. read. <laughs> no, he, he mentions David Brown a lot, a little bit, but he mainly talks about uh, Doug Stegmeyer and uh, Russell Javers because they were all in the same band together when when they joined Billy Joel's band. Okay, all right. But yeah, it's a, got, it's a good read. I've uh, actually got one song on my list, and I'm, you know how you listen to a song even if you don't like it, it can start to get in your head. Yeah, the song is called. Notice Me by uh, Alexa Ray Joel. Is it good? I've never heard any of her material. I'm listening to it, and I'm trying to like it, because I think she's hot. She's got a good voice. She does have a good voice. So I'm trying to find a good track. The first one's not bad. Um, you know what? I've got a big thing with Neil Finn and Crowded House. Thomas and I discuss this all the time, but he, he he did not like Recurring Dream on First Listen. Okay. And now it's one of his favorite songs. I said sometimes, it was like Groundhog Day for me. I had to, It had to age before it became good. You know yeah. what I mean? And um, so I'm listening to Alexa Rachel, and I'm like, yeah, I, I can get this, but that's how Neil Finn is for me. Yeah. Like a lot of Neil Finn songs, especially the new one, you listen to it and you go, really? And then... It, it clicks. It's weird how it does that. but It's true, because of all his solo stuff, I've only been able to get into one of his albums, like, immediately. The rest mm -hmm. uh, the rest has taken me time. Which album? Um, oh, the second one from 2003, I think it was called One All. Okay. All right. Which I got into right away. I love it. That's the one Lisa Germano was on. Yeah, I, I'll listen to that one. I'm going to hold on. Let me write that down again. What's it called? I think it's called One All. O-N-E-A-L-L. -L. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, Out of Silence is the one that we're into. It came out in, um, actually, right before he started touring with Fleetwood Mac. 
Yeah, that's the one we were listening to on the way to uh, Crash Test Dummies, I think. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's got some wicked tracks on it. It's a great album. Well, hey, man, can you stick around for one more segment? Because we'll do another commercial break, and we'll be right back. Hold on, true believers. There's more We Got the Geek after these words. Kristen Hunter, also known as Kiki, is a Canadian artist specializing in polymer clay creations. Being a geek at heart, most of her work is nerd-themed. Kristen has several lines of geeky creations, including steampunk, comic, and video game-inspired work, as well as sushi-themed jewelry. Kristen is always excited to create the perfect custom piece for any theme or occasion. Please check out her website at kikiscustomcreations.com. All right, we are back. I'm here for another uh, talk about music and whatnot uh, with myself and and my uh, friend and fellow Bruce fan of 36 years, Colin. That's me. Oh, I found my John Fogarty Blue Ridge Rangers album, too. Oh, geez. Well, that's good. Well, I know you were worried. (laughs) Yeah, I was. Deep in my heart. And I uh, I recently uh, organized all my CDs, and I'm very happy and excited that I own two Bon Jovi CDs and three Kid Rock CDs. Oh, uh, well, how could you not be? Well, they're never out of the player. No, they're not. Yeah, I don't have, an, I don't have a drunk uh, Dick Tracy soundtrack excuse for those ones, so. Uh, I know, I know. <laughs> one too I was flipping through Bruce's discography when we were talking and he had uh, that EP American Beauty oh yeah yeah I just saw that today and I listened to it and it was like it's not too bad yeah I think uh, I think that was one of them uh, record store day things that he put out a few years ago yeah <laughs> very much so I like I liked If I Was the Priest I really did yeah and, uh, I like the way he sings he was in a very Dylan-esque period then. Yeah. But I like the way he puts new Bruce uh, feeling and experience into the song. Yeah. My favorite line in that song is, that's some kind of magic. I don't know why I love that line. Yeah, that's cool. It's a good song. I just remember that we were so excited about Bruce Springsteen back in the day that we both, I think, took out of the public library uh, born to add the Bruce, the Sesame Street album. I remember that. Good I times. do remember that. <laughs> born to add. Yeah. You know, you know what I wonder? Oh, this is something I didn't bring up, but I'm going to bring it up now. I am, damn it. All right. I'm going to bring a memory back from the past. And it's going to come flooding to you. All right. Do you remember in the mid-80s when the highlight of our weekend was going to the flea market to see what new rock buttons we could get? I do. I do. I still have a few of them. There was a time when I had 27 bruised badges (laughs) on my denim jacket with the patch on the back that looked like he was shitting. Dude, I'm looking at my bulletin board right now, and I still have, like, maybe six or seven of those square buttons. Oh, I have none. None. I, have I, none I don't even have the, 
the first Bruce one that I bought, which was a really cheesy round blue one with him in a white t-shirt leaning back looking like he had a vagina. Do you remember <laughs> that one? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking across at my bulletin board, and I have, uh, there's one with the cover of An Innocent Man. Okay, yes. There's, uh... The Brian Adams Summer of 69 uh, album cover where he had a hard on for some reason. Yeah, in this flannel shirt. Looking yeah. yeah. Yeah, I have the Bruce Springsteen uh, Born in the USA picture where he's jumping up in front of the American flag. Nice. I have a Crockett and Tubbs. Nice. Um, oh, I, I see the cover of I'm on Fire. Oh, wow. And I have a Mellencamp one from the cover of Scarecrow. So that was all probably like circa 84, 85. Oh, I should have saved them. I know, it was great. Let's go to the field and look, they got new buttons. <laughs> <laughs> we get fries and look at the new buttons. Oh, man. Oh, those were some times. They were wonderful times. They're not coming back. <laughs> <laughs> Planes, trains, and automobiles. <laughs> uh, those are... Eating fries and looking at buttons every Sunday. They're never coming back. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, good times. <laughs> no, but the buttons, I was thinking about that. I, I, I think there was a time I looked like, what could I look like? Didn't I have like 30 buttons on the front of my denim jacket? Wasn't it heavy on your jacket? Huh? Wasn't it heavy on your jacket? It was, but I had the Bruce patch, which you made fun of me for because it looked like he was taking a shit on stage, yeah. remember? And on the front, I put him all the way down the front on either side. What was that? It was the How 80s. I, no, you can, that's very charitable for you, Jay, but I had 40 buttons on a denim jacket with a patch of a man taking a crap on Dude, the back. Dude, we were 15. Yeah, that's true. We were 15, we were going to the flea market every week, eating fries, looking at buttons. Get that girl like you at uh, the flea market. Barbara. Yeah. Yeah. Never yeah. dated her. No. Zai no. was dumb. No. Wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> I, got a, I got other plans. Oh, a girl, a girl likes me? Screw that. I need to eat fries and look at buttons. I just, I just brought up that that story to, uh, uh, what was it, Thomas this week about your mom and we, I was tell, trying to tell him about weird dating girls because he's dating this girl now and he was kind of nervous like it wasn't going anywhere and I said, I said I will remember your your reaction when your mom goes, oh Jason, there's lots of girls that like you. <laughs> I need numbers, Mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, good time. My mother. Your mother. Did you like it when I say, <laughs> I say that Alex Trebek thing? Oh, jeez, yeah, I did. <laughs> and then I ended up watching every one of those skits on YouTube this week. I, I know there was a One of the guys I work with, he goes, 
he was the one that sent it to me, right? Yeah. So I saw him. His name's Derek Miller. Good guy. So I saw him at work, and I came in with my mask on, and it was one of those sunny days we had last week. Yeah. And I go, hey, I go, it's a beautiful day, isn't it, Miller? I said, for a walk in the park. I saw your mother there earlier on her knees trying to make the rent. Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah, it was funny. Talking about Sean Connery, actually, like when he passed away a couple of weeks ago, uh, I as soon as he passed away, I was, I was remembering all the great movies he was in, and uh, like my mind immediately went to Last Crusade. Yeah. And it, sadly, it wasn't until like later in the day that I remembered The Rock. Yeah. Like what an amazing movie. That was a good movie. You know what else was a good one? What's that? He did, he did that one with uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones. I've never seen that one. Is it good? Watch, watch it. They're about, uh, she's like a cat burglar. There's one scene in it. I'm sorry, you're going to get a little hard on it, probably. Because it's Catherine Zeta-Jones. And she has to go through a laser-tracked alarm system. Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't know. It's kind of sexy because she has to bend all around the rays when she's going through. Oh that. yeah, yeah. And Sean Connery was in that movie too. Damn it! Like, yeah, you should watch it. It's pretty good. And, and I didn't even remember The Rock. Like, someone put up a quote later in the day that reminded me of the one where he says to Nick Cage, uh, "Losers whining about whine about doing their best. Whine about doing their best. Yeah, winners yeah. go home and fuck the prom queen. Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, oh sh- damn! Wait, yeah, that was a great <laughs> movie. Always oh. losers whining about their best. <laughs> Unlike oh. the feel of a razor and a new shoot. That was a pretty <laughs> good movie, actually. That was a great movie. Ed Harris was in that too. Yeah. I love that Nick Cave part too. And it's like he goes, you know, this is the part where the prisoners were old. Well, that's great. Maybe we could go to the museum after and buy some souvenirs. But right now, we're trying to <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. So I was kind of sad. You know what's really funny, though, is uh, my aunt. My aunt. Do you remember my wedding? My Aunt Doris came over from Scotland? I think so. Okay. Well, I've been calling her back and forth. We've been talking a lot this week. And I remember I was at uh, at my sister's house when my Aunt Doris was over. So it would have been about 2006, right? Yeah. And uh, we're watching TV downstairs. And Craig, Berg, Craig Ferguson was doing a roast on Sean Connery. So we're sitting there watching it and everything. And uh, my aunt goes, oh, brother. And I said, well, you know, kind of thing. And I go, well, what's the matter? And she goes, you know what? She goes, he's really snotty. And I go, who? Craig Ferguson? She goes, no. She said, Sean Connery. And I said, how so? And she goes, well, you know what? There were a bunch of Scottish people in Monte Carlo when I was there, and he showed up with his wife, and he didn't even pay attention to them or whatever. And I said, well, you know, kind of where he is. And we're having the conversation. And she goes, well, please. She goes, I've known him since early days. And I said, what do you mean? She goes, my Uncle Duncan and Sean Connery were on the same swim team in high school. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I said, are you kidding me? She goes, no, no. And then he got all big-headed. 
you know, because, you know, because of his celebrity and everything. I'd go, Uncle Duncan swam with Sean Connery every day in school. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's funny. Yeah. So, anyway. Uh, my my other favorite Sean, my other favorite Sean Connery memory that I remembered was in Last Crusade, uh, where Indy asked him how she knew how he knew the one lady was a Nazi. Yeah, and he said she talks in her sleep. Yeah, and, and then the look at each other and the look that. on his face was priceless. Yeah, and they both did. I still remember when they were pouring the. Uh, the healing water or whatever the hell it was on his chest, and I'm seeing all the fur on there. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> Craig Ferguson was saying that we went to see him in Buffalo, and when he was talking, he goes, he goes, well, he goes, John Connery is the original James Bond. He goes, the man had tufts of chest hair, and he was like, Harry is a beast, and that was good. And he goes, have you seen the new one? He goes, Daniel Craig. He goes, he looks like a Dolphin. <laughs> anyway. Hey, and the the Save the Clock Tower lady passed away. That's a shame. Yeah, and here's she the surprising thing. Mom. What's that? She was Vincenzo's mom. Yeah. Um, I was reading uh, uh, when they wrote it up about her passing away. Like she did like a bunch of movies where she just had cameos. But one of the roles that she had that was real significant was Wise Guy. She did like 18 episodes of that show. That was a great show. Yeah. Do you remember? And do you then remember? She married, then she married Donna <laughs> Yeah. Do you remember her famous scene and her famous quote? I, um, if it's this one. Stop it! Vincenzo! Vincenzo! <laughs> that is indeed the one, sir. <laughs> they slowed it right down. Oh, that was fun. Oh, good times. I yeah. wish we could get Wise Guy Rocks on that. Uh... Oh, I was thinking about it. Um, I mean, the big deal with it not coming out was the music rights but really do you really need any of that music besides the Debbie Harry song because was any of it integral to that story because it wasn't even played yeah it's just because the artists were signed to those contracts right yeah I know it's bullshit it's like um, what's the other one? Uh, example of that Soulville yeah remember when Spotify got all like copyright fucked up and they took my souls for the album away. Yeah. I was pissed for years. That's my go-to album because, you know, it's got Solomon Burke on there and a whole bunch of shit. And I like that stuff and then they took it away but then I realized that's why we're not seeing Don Johnson's album on Spotify. Yeah, I think they have the second Don Johnson album on there. Yeah. But not, not the good one. It wasn't all tied in with inter-celebrity contractual shit, right? Yeah. Because Willie Nelson was on there. Petty wrote the one song. Yeah. And yeah. Ron you know, Wood. go all the way through there, and there was just people everywhere. Bonnie Raitt was on there. And yeah. So they couldn't release the album. I have it on CD, and I'm trying to dig it out, much like the Colin Hay album I was playing earlier. Yeah. And uh, play it, but, yeah, unfortunately. But I love that album. 
because I know I had this data grace test for my stereo, but the, the most impressive one was Heartache Away. Yes. I know the part you mean, actually. The beginning you know, part with the drums? To, to, oh, 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 oh. It was so clear. In 1989, when I got my first CD player, I was like, this is the best shit ever. Yeah. I listened to that. What was the albums I listened to the most? I listened to that. I listened to uh, Stormfront. I listened to the End of the Innocence album. Yeah. By Don Henley. Yes. And um, Hotel California. I should have bought the autographed Hooky Joe album, eh? Oh, jeez, yeah. It's autographed, but it doesn't mean anything really unless you got it yourself. You yeah, know what exactly. I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, give me a break. Exactly. <laughs> I still have my uh, Colin Hay uh, Can I Hold You single that he signed when we went and saw him. Uh, I still have my um, Wayfaring Sons album that he signed. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. I'm proud of that. I just gotta find it. But, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got the two Colin, you know, from Colin. That was cool. That's cool. Uh, ahead, well, dude, uh, thanks a lot for uh, for doing this tonight. I really appreciate it. It was cool, uh, cool doing it again. And uh, thanks for being on on segment seven hundred and seventy-five. Wow, I can't believe it's seven hundred and seventy-five. I wouldn't have thought it was over seven hundred if you'd asked me. Ooh, I don't know. I'd have to go back and see what was 700. <laughs> um, but I was thinking, like, if you wanted to come back, like, in December, like, maybe we could do an end-of-the-year show, maybe talk about some of our favorite albums that came out this year. I would love to do that and be more prepared than I was tonight. I have a lot of stuff going through my head because I think about this stuff as much as you do, so yeah. it was good, but I'd like to be more prepared. Oh, dude, an hour before the show, I was writing stuff down. All I had written down was uh, Letter to You. And talk to Colin about that. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Well, we'll reschedule it and we'll do it for December. I would love to do yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. And, and who knows? Maybe we can even hang out then, depending on what the COVID situation is. Well, you know what I was thinking? I was going to do it tonight, but I just couldn't incorporate it with my schedule. What if you and I were to do it? in the backyard of my house if it's still not brutal winter and have a little bit of a fire. That'd be awesome. I would love it. Okay. So, uh, let's, uh, we'll talk after tonight. All right. Okay, but maybe we'll do that. We'll sit out and have a fire and have a little bit of a conversation and we'll figure it out. Dude, I would love that. All right. Sounds good, brother. All right. Well, I, I appreciate everything tonight and it was great hearing your voice again, man, and I, I look forward to messaging you uh, every day our little jokes so uh, thanks again man me as well and and my love to everybody out there in the world that I don't know about <laughs> well this was your 15th appearance sir let's get up to 20 soon <laughs> sounds good alright All right, have, have, have a great night you too okay, bye bye thanks for listening to hear more We Got the Geek, check us out at www.wegotthegeek.com and on iTunes.